Good morning, everybody. Welcome to church. Welcome to the chapel. If it's your first time here, I welcome you. My name is Mel. Um, I'm one of the pastors here on staff at the chapel. Um, and uh, Pastor Steve is my husband, for those um, of you who didn't know already. Um, and we just want to welcome you. Um, and this is a great place to be, so you've come to the right place. There's nowhere else you want to be at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning but here in this place. All right. So um, over the last two weeks, uh, we um, have been in our series called Boys to Men, um, and uh, we have looked at two important shifts that it takes for a person to achieve maturity. So the first one was life is hard. Okay, great. Chris, I'm watching you. Um, Pastor James did an awesome job. Sorry, I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> ah! Um, but please bear with me, I'll, I'll ease into it. Okay, thank you, Pastor Steve. Um, so first one was, life is hard. Okay, Pastor James, he did an awesome job. And I think the only thing that people remember is Pastor James's first girlfriend. <laughs> Whom we will not name, but she no longer comes here anymore. Um, but life is hard. The most important thing that we wanted you to know is the reality of suffering, right? Suffering is real. Suffering exists in our day-to-day -day life. And as a young man, there is nothing as traumatic and as trialsome as a romantic relationship that didn't end up your way. So last week, Pastor Steve, he looked at you and not important, okay? Um, and in that idea, um, what we wanted to illustrate to you is the idea of sacrifice, okay? You know, um, as an infant, if you're healthy, you grow. And in the same way, that should happen to us spiritually. You know, we grow and we learn to see those around us. We learn that sacrifice is necessary to exist with other people because you are not the most important. So suffering and sacrifice are great catalysts, okay, because they will do one of two things. It will either make you grow or it will make you bitter. And before we move on this week, I really wanted to um, address something that hasn't really been said, like it's been said implicitly, but not explicitly. Um, and the most fundamental shift that exists underneath all of the five uh, topics that we will go through in this series is you are Christ. Okay, awesome. We grow and mature not in our own strength. And ultimately, because spiritual maturity is becoming like Jesus, without him, it cannot be done. Without Christ, when hardship hits, we won't mature, we will become bitter. And secondly, maturity is not an option. Just like a healthy baby, healthy babies grow. If Willie is cute now, but in 10 years' time, if Willie is still the way he is, that's not cute. That's annoying. And that's the same thing for you and I. In spiritual maturity, the most basic fruit of the gospel is growth. If you believe in Jesus, you will become like him. Okay, cool. Now that I have that set in stone, I'm going to go into today's topic, which is um, you are a part. I think they changed it a little bit. But anyway, you are a part of a bigger picture. Um, we belong to Christ, therefore we belong to his body. 
We are not the head, but we are a member. So during the week of isolation some few weeks ago, um, I did something with Steve that I probably wouldn't have done normally, but there's only so much gardening you can do and so much Netflix you can watch. So I thought, I'm going to do a puzzle. And Steve and I, well, Steve started it and then I was like, I have nothing better to do, so I'm going to help you. That's a Lion King puzzle right here. Okay, can you, thanks, I know. Um, I did all the hard parts. Um, <laughs> it's a thousand-piece Lion King puzzle, um, and it was it was hard. But you know, but during that time, there was something that I learned about um, puzzle pieces, um, and it's that puzzle pieces know how to play its part. It's not going to change its shape or color. You know, like. Even, it doesn't matter how much I try to fit it into this spot because I really believe that it belongs in that place because it's clearly a giraffe, it won't fit because it wasn't created for that space. It stays true to the way that it was designed until it finds the right spot. Puzzle pieces, you know, they're confusing and there's so many and it's really annoying. Like some, you know, are really different, you know, some are only subtly different. Like the, the sky section, okay? Like, it's like slight variants of colour and you're like, in, at late at night, I don't know if this is blue or if this is green, but you're trying to work it out. But each bit, only a small part, but each piece necessary for the whole picture. See, the only problem with puzzle pieces is not that it's small. The problem with a puzzle piece will be if the puzzle piece thought it was the whole picture. That would be a problem. In the same way, spiritual maturity knows you are not a whole, but you are a part. You are a piece but not the whole picture. So you are not important and you are a part, are very much woven together. Um, you are not important forces us to have the right view of God and the right view of us in light of who God is. And this helps us because we um, start to understand that we need to see others. Um, let's look at Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 5. This is the New Living Translation. We don't usually go of this, but let me read it. Uh, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given you, us, us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. So here's the thing. It's not that you are of no value. It's easy to mistake this passage to think, you know, when it says, hey, don't think you're better than what you are. It's not saying you're not good. It's just saying you need to have the right view of yourself. Know your place and... Know that your value is found in community. When you're the most important person in your life, there is no space for anyone else and you cannot belong to the body. 
I want to share with you a quote from Richard Raw, um, and this quote is particularly in the section of You Are a Part, and his ideas are the five topics that we are going through in this series. Okay. Understanding that our lives are not about us is a connection point with everything else. It lowers the mountains and fills in the valleys that we have created. As we gradually recognize the myriad forms of life in the universe are merely parts of the one life that God, that most of us call God, after such a discovery, we are grateful to be a part and only a part. We do not have to figure it all out, straighten it all out, or even do it perfectly by ourselves. We do not have to be God. It is an enormous weight off our backs. All we have to do is participate. I want you to think about this, understanding that we are just a participant and not God. It enables us to see and love others and enables us to live the life that we were meant to live. And it enables us to give God the rightful place in our lives because you are a part. So you are a part. It means that you belong but you are not everything. Being a part is an invitation to something bigger, an invitation out of aloneness. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20 and 27. As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you has, uh, sorry, each one of you is a part of it. So in this chapter of Corinthians, it's the, it's the famous body chapter, you know, and in this chapter, uh, the author um, talks about how God has created the body. He has given each person different gifts according to the grace of God. But these gifts are used for the common good. He has designed us intricately and we all have a role to play. But do you know what gets in the way of this? You. Some of us think that being a part of the body is a competition. We can't help but compare and we beat ourselves up or we beat others up because we need to end up on top. You're the, these guys, they're the overachievers. You want to do everything and you want to do it better and you want the recognition and you want to be something that you're not. The competitive ones, you guys are restless and graceless. And you miss the point of belonging. Because even though you're trying to play your part, you overplay it. And you bulldozer everyone in the way as you're going down this path. Some of us don't participate because we have disqualified ourselves for whatever past struggles, pain, or whatever it is that you're going through now. You have told yourself, I cannot participate. I am too ashamed, too guilty, too broken or hurt or I'm just not there yet. For fear of being imperfect, for fear of being exposed, we choose to stand back. We keep everyone at arm's length in order to protect you. You wall out everyone around you. And even though you seem to be present, you are just an empty shell. And some of you, you're just lazy. You're not competitive. 
not disqualified, there's nothing really, you know, you just, uh, saves, just copy stuffed. You are drowning in your own comfort, consumed with everything you have right now. You don't want to share, you don't want to serve, eh, it's such an inconvenience. The lazy ones, you don't take anything because you don't want to give anything. And all of us, we're selfish. If you're feeling lonely, you're feeling misplaced or misunderstood or even awkward, like if life is just so overwhelming and tiresome, you know, perhaps there are things that you just can't accept about church or you're afraid or you're just confused, okay? Look, just... Pause. Take a moment. Who is in the middle of that thought? Whose thoughts and feelings are the most important in your life? Okay, but seriously, if you take anything away from today, okay, it's this. I want you to know that you deeply belong, that you deeply belong here. You know, whether you're not recognised, whether you're weird or whether people like you or not. If we share the same father, we carry the same name, we are covered by the same blood and we belong. You, you are a part of this. And it's okay. It's okay if you have doubts and it's okay to be confused because participation does not require perfection. Let me say that again. Participation, for you to be a part of this, you don't need to have it together. I don't. Steve does not. We will all go through seasons. Seasons where, you know, you're going to be pushed. Seasons where you need to pull back and all sorts. But this is the thing. God created you to be a part. To play the part only you can play. Let's own that. Just own your part. See, when we are a part of the body, we do this not because we're doing it to prove ourselves, but we do it because we know the value God has placed in us and placed in the church. You know, when Steve and I were putting together that puzzle, we joked about, you know, oh, you know, it's going to be so annoying if you have 9,099 pieces and that one piece is going to be missing. And Steve would have written a fat email demanding like a money back and I want my time back and I was in isolation and something along those lines. But, you know, it's true. That one piece makes the puzzle incomplete. And that's your value the person sitting next to you, and you too. That's your value. At the end of the day, if you don't take part, the body will be incomplete. You know, this room is filled with the variants, all the colours of the rainbow kind of people, you know. We are all so different. And difference sometimes is a little bit hard. But our body needs all these different parts to make it a whole. I have five kids, as you know. They are all so different. I don't always like them. 
<laughs> Sorry, Chris. Um, <laughs> I don't always like them, but that's okay. I love them. You know, I don't always like them, but I don't always like myself. And you know what? They don't always like each other. And some more obviously than others. You can ask Chris who I'm talking about. But we stick it out. We stick it out because we know we belong. We stick it out because we just got to get through it. We don't question that we belong here. So that's why we fight and we get over it and we grow. And look, that's okay. That's true even of the larger body of Christ. So the most important and helpful question that I want you guys to ask yourself today is, are you playing your part? Because you need to play your part. Ephesians 4.16 reads this, when each part is working properly, makes the whole body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Um, the other night, um, I was having a chat with Ben. Ben was a little bit tired, so Ben was very emotional. Um, and he looked a bit sad, and I was like, oh, Ben, you know, what's wrong? Um, and he was like, oh, you know, life is so hard. And I was like, okay, you know, what's up, man? He was like, yeah, you know, she's not here. Anna, you know, Anna, she eats mandarins and she peels them and leaves them lying around the kids' room. And then you make me clean it up. And it's so frustrating. And then he looked at me because I don't even like mandarins. And I was like, oh, Ben. That's how I feel when I have to clean up after you because I tell you to do things and you don't do it. And he looked at me and he was like, he was not impressed. I'm sure he said a lot of things in his mind before he actually said, sorry, mom. <laughs> you know, but we hugged and, you know, we had a little laugh to ourselves and, you know, we just... That's what it means to be family, right? The body functions well when we carry our load, when we do our job, when we play our part. But the body also thrives and exists to carry each other's burdens. Although it would be helpful if people who made the mess cleaned up their mess, we come alongside each other and share the load. Because one day, you're going to have to clean up my mess. This is why the Bible calls the body to build itself up in love. We just read Ephesians 4, and in Ephesians 5, it says um, the body will build by walking in love. So we play our part by walking in love. What does this mean? So did you know, fun fact, I, in the middle of the night, was super excited that I had this epiphany of a knowledge. Anyway, in 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4 and Romans 12. You don't need to know what they are, but if you're, um, you know, super studious and you wanted to go have a look at it, go look at it um, in your own spare time, not now. Um, but they are the passages that refer to the body of Christ, okay? These are informative passages about who the body is and what the body does. But you know that all three of these passages, right, are followed by direction to love. How cool is that? 
You know, uh, Corinthians 13 is the famous love passage. Love is patient, love is kind, blah, 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 you know. And then in Romans, you know, um, at, at the end of Romans 12, it talks about to love sincerely, to really love, to not pretend to love. And here it's the same. Love is the essence of who God is, and bo- love is both lived and found in the body. You cannot remove it. See, church is where we get to live and experience love. So in Ephesians 5, it teaches us to walk in love like this. Ephesians 5, uh, verses 15 to 16. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. To walk in love, we must first seek wisdom. We need to know. We need to know the how, the where, the what, you know, the timing, you know, the place, what not to do. We need wisdom. See, not knowledge of the world, but discernment of God, because it's so easy to just get caught up in life. It's so easy to keep just scrolling down the Instagram feed to watch the next episode. You know, it's just so easy to do what everybody else is doing that we forget to play our part. And we need wisdom because wisdom knows how to best love others. Because love isn't always saying yes. Love knows how to say no. So we need to ask for wisdom. Ask him, how do we do this? How do we play our part? When should I do this and how? To walk in love, we must also be grateful. Verse 20 reads this. Always give thanks to God, the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's so simple. Like this, like you read it and you understand. You've got to be grateful. But the one, this one conscious shift is going to do, it's going to protect you. It's going to protect you from being entitled. And do you know what entitled children do? They don't want to share their toys. Same with entitled Christians. They don't want to share their stuff. They don't want to share their time, their money, whatever else. But being grateful, it changes everything. In being grateful, we understand that everything we have, even the hardships, is from God. It places God in the place of God, in the king of our lives, and it puts us in the rightful place. You know, when we are grateful, we're not going to be looking to others to be like, hey, fill my cup. Hey, approve me. Hey, that's your fault. We don't do that when we're grateful because we know that everything we have and need is already in God. And finally, to walk in love, We must also practice submission. Verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submission is a little bit of a dirty word, especially for women in the Christian context, because, you know, it talks about submitting to your husband and in Ephesians, 
after this, it does talk about wives submitting to the husband. Husband, yeah. Um, and um, some people have issues with that. Not me, right, Steve? <laughs> but as the verse says, when we submit to one another. We do it out of our reverence for Christ. When I submit my own desires and they lay them down for you, I don't do it because you're great. Because you might be lovely today, but I might want to punch you in the face tomorrow. Submission does it because... I know what I have in Christ. I know that he loves me. I know that he is good. I know what he's asking me and I do it willingly because God is God and I am not. Submission keeps us willing to love. So as we walk in love, as we seek wisdom, as we harbour gratitude, and practice submission. We help not only ourselves, but each other be a part of the body. Because we don't always get it right. I don't always get it right. And I know you don't always get it right too. And that's okay. That's okay. We're not asking for perfection. We're asking for participation. As I was writing this sermon, um, I was thinking about our church. I was thinking about you guys um, and how great you guys are, usually. (laughs) But actually, I was thinking about um, how a lot of us um, carry wounds from church. Um, And I know that some of us here today have had seasons uh, where we have had needed time to heal. And um, I say these words carefully and very humbly, but Jesus loves his church. Jesus loves his bride. He does not love the sin, and he will judge that. But he loves his church. And true restoration, real, deep, meaningful, lasting healing comes when you are ready to start again. Don't lose something good to the lies of the past. Don't lose something good because of hate. Don't lose community because you are afraid. So today... Just be willing to participate, knowing that you belong here, knowing that you are a part of the body, knowing that it's okay that you don't like everybody here or know everybody here. That's okay. That's not your part. You are not God. But let's own it. Let's own our part. And I invite you today to play your part with me. Let's pray.